Mental health is a concern that is present in our community and the lives of many individuals today. People are asking questions of how do we establish policies that support those who are struggling and who will help those struggling with their mental and behavioral health. Today, I'm joined by Susie Kroll, who is a mental health professional for the Redmond Police Department, as well as the King County Sheriff's Office, to respond to cases where methods such as social service connections, referrals, de-escalation, and behavioral health assessments are more beneficial than the police force coming in. Today, Susie Kroll will be sharing a perspective from the police department that is not widely known. Thank you so much for being here today, and welcome to the station. Thank you for having me. So what does your usual day look like as a mental health professional? I'm glad you asked. I have quite the varied set of days. Usually nothing is the same with regard to what I get to respond to. So as a co-responding mental health professional for the Redmond Police Department and as a crisis and hostage negotiator with the King County Sheriff's Office crisis negotiation team, my days are very different. Some days I'll go into the city and I'll have a bunch of emails and a bunch of referrals from officers to follow up on calls that occurred when I was off. And I'm making those phone calls. I'm checking in on people to see how they're doing. I'm calling hospitals or I'm just reaching out to people that have left me voicemails saying that they have questions about what resources are available. And while I'm doing that, I'm listening to our dispatch and radio traffic from our call center to determine if there's calls for service that come into 911 that have that need also, whether it's de-escalation or it's a question about resources or if there's somebody that is having a mental health or a behavioral health issue where my partners would like to have that extra skill set with them. And then I am dispatched to those calls also. So it really is a pretty big variety. And then on top of that variety, I am also in quite a few meetings with cities and other departments, municipalities, service providers, uh, different task force and committees for how to continue to address the behavioral health needs of the community. That's really interesting. What is or like why are mental health professionals such an important and crucial role in police departments? For me, I look at someone's health and wellness, not just as whether or not they have a cold or a broken bone or a heart condition or diabetes or something like that. I look at wellness as whole body, which includes everything going on between your ears. And that also encompasses the experiences you have in life and how you're brought up, the environment that you live in, um, what you have, what you don't have. If there's abuse or neglect, or if there's a resource that isn't available, all manner of things, those those complicators, those experiences change how people live in their world and how they experience their lives. And oftentimes, those experiences can be hard, difficult, an emergency, scary. They can have a component of substance abuse or mental health to them. And we all are taught that if you are in trouble, you need to call 911. 911 gets you police and 911 gets you fire. And those folks come out to help when there's a crime that's been committed, when there's a building on fire, when somebody's trapped or hurt or injured, you get your your emergency medical technicians, you get your firefighters, you get your police. But if we go back to my concept of health and wellness being whole body, including everything going on between your ears and how you're seeing the world that you're experiencing, it's perfectly plausible for somebody to get into a car accident and be absolutely terrified after the accident. 
The police have to show up for that because they have to determine the cause. The fire department usually shows up to make sure that if there are injuries, they're addressed. But you still could have attended to somebody's physical issues and whether or not the accident is caused by whoever, but I still have a scared person there. And somebody with a mental health background can help address some of that scary feeling while the police do their job and the firefighters and EMTs do their job. That way, the skill set that they're specializing in gets utilized. And then you bring in the other specialty of somebody that's capable of managing the anxiety, the stress, the anger, the fear. Um, if there's a significant mental health issue where there's delusions or hallucinations or issues with somebody's uh, ability to comprehend or if there's trauma or traumatic brain injuries or developmental disabilities, having that person available to both the fire departments and the police departments to help address emergencies and crises is huge. And frankly, even if the mental health professional can't or won't or doesn't need to help with the actual person in crisis because the police department or the fire department has it handled, a lot of times there's friends or family or witnesses or other people that are scared or worried about some of that they love. And that mental health professional can help them also, whether it's explaining a process, pointing out a resource, explaining what the next steps are, talking to other social workers, doing follow-up. Like I mentioned before, when you asked me what my day-to-day -day looks like, a lot of my calls will carry over day after day, where if I meet somebody because they got in a car accident um, and they got really hurt and they have a mental health issue and they don't have insurance and they need help, I may follow up the next day to see how they're feeling. And they may say, you know, now I'm having all of these really bad flashbacks of the accident and I'm really scared and I, I'm having a hard time. Well, then we look at counseling referrals and then I'm following up to make sure somebody gets signed up for counseling. That's something that firefighters and police officers don't have the time to do. And it really isn't in the scope of their expertise. If they've investigated the car accident, if they've dealt with any emergent medical issues as an EMT, really that's the end of it, right? Until another 911 call comes in, but our person is still scared or may have flashbacks or may have other symptoms and not understand what the next steps are. So that's where a mental health professional can come in and say, here's where I can pick up the slack and provide these extra services. Yeah, that's a great way to put it, how there's two sides of those like emergency calls, how there's like the actual crisis and the well-being of the person. Thank you for letting me interview today. I learned so much about what um, being a mental health professional is like and about mental health in general. And it's like made me realize more of the problems in our society and how we need more mental health professionals out there and how there are so many ways that we can help. There really are. And it, it is a it is a very, very rewarding profession to be in. I'm very grateful every day that I get to do any of it. It feels very much like a blessing, even on the hard days. Uh, and the more folks that we can get that want to do mental health work, that want to become counselors, that want to get master's degrees or higher in this, uh, you can really change someone's life and do do the best thing you can, which is be there as a support system on the worst day of someone's life. And I, I can't imagine doing anything else. A huge thank you to Susie Kroll for her informative and impactful words. If you're interested in learning more about her role as a mental health professional, listen to the full interview on our website, 889thebridge.org. I'm Haley Wien, and thank you for listening to KMH 889 The Bridge.